and welcome to Stark Raven Mad, a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm the host, Mike Marbach. And uh yeah, we're actually we're actually doing it. It is now almost one year to the day that the uh that season eight ended. Uh, and we're just getting around to this. Uh and I'm joined by fantastic folks. We got David Danella here. Hello. Hello. Marcely Jean Pierre. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> and Hunter Stevis. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I just ahead. wanted to say hello. Okay. Hey. Well, we're just rolling right by my hello. <laughs> right into a thank you. Thank you, specifically Hunter, for being here. Uh, no, thank you, Marcelie. Thank you, David. Uh, yeah, so it's been a year. Does anybody feel better about this show? No. I, I actually, sorry for jumping in so quickly, but I... I tried to watch a recap. Well, I did watch a recap of season eight of Game of Thrones just to kind of, you know, refresh in my memory about what happened so that we could discuss it with some actual knowledge. And um, it, it pissed me off again. Yeah. <laughs> it just, like, just brought up a bunch of emotions that I thought that I had, like, buried away somewhere and that uh, I didn't think would impact me as much as I, as I you know, they sure. did. But, yeah. Yeah. So upset. Yeah. Even more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter, how are you feeling about things? A year with uh, some time to heal. Completely escaped my memory. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mostly forgotten dream. And we'll yeah. see what emerges over the course of this very special episode of Stark Raven. <laughs> it, is, it is so special. It's so special <laughs> that we. it took us a year to do uh, because none of us wanted to face the facts that Season eight fucking stunk. <laughs> the SR Emmys is what we're here to to handle. Um, took us a year. People were tweeting at us over that year, wondering when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And every people few months, were, they were saying they were stopping me on the streets. They were yeah. saying, "When are the SR Emmys going to be held?" Yes, yeah. yeah, streets are on the line. People were doing no contact deliveries. <laughs> of requests at my door because uh, I should say that we are in the times of Corona right now and we are all doing this live via Zoom. But we are here and we are going to do this. Uh, this is the Season 8 SR Emmys. And as always, our special host for these episodes, Mr. David Danella. Thank you, David. <laughs> oh, God, this is where, <laughs> not, where it's, not where I wanted to be. Anyway, uh... <laughs> to the 8th annual, semi-annual uh, SR Emmys. This is the night where uh, where movies are king. And by movies, we mean a TV show that has been off the air for over a year uh, and ended poorly. Uh, today is the day <laughs> where we uh, reward, award the drama, the intrigue, the heartbreak, the closure that was Season eight of Game of Thrones. <clears throat> nice to have y'all. Um, Thank you, David. We're going to get right into it now. Um, a little bit about the process, right? Uh, you know, because you know, it, you know, we're not trying to hide behind a veil of um, you know secrecy, a shroud of secrecy here. 
we want people to know that, you know, understand this process because um, we don't want the same fans that uh, bugged us about making this episode then, you know, contacting us being like, how did you come to these conclusions? Um, Mike and I found the document that we made for season seven's SRMEs and we pulled all the nominees out and put new nominees in for season eight. This was somewhat difficult because and it actually we've been doing this for years now and it gets more and more difficult because um, as the show has gone on, rookie of the year has just gotten harder and harder mm. uh, to do. <laughs> and honestly, a lot of them have gotten hard to do. Um, so th- this year, as we were going along, we um, sometimes, you know, we tweaked categories. Um, we didn't decide on winners this time around. Um, we will decide on winners, obviously, although there's four of us. So there I was going to say <laughs> there's four of us. Uh, I, was like, I certainly have my opinions and um, we will, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about the nominees and then we'll declare a winner. <clears throat> um, I would say a couple of quick things, if I may, David, uh, I would say that you as host, get the final say. Okay. Uh, so that will eliminate some, some time that we're going to spend for this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yesterday I rewatched the entirety of season eight. Uh, and I told David this last night, it wasn't as bad as I remember. Uh, it was not very good when you factor in everything that happened before it. But on its own, it is a very good season of television. But the reason why it fails for so many is because it's not a standalone season of television. There is so much history that goes into this. And the payoff that so many people were wanting and expecting just doesn't happen in so many cases, as we will find as we go through this uh, award ceremony, this very prestigious award ceremony that we have all now uh, stepped into. I'm sorry, David, go ahead. No, that, thank you for um, clarifying that. And I, I was going to say that I will be the tiebreaker in all situations, even though I'm already one of the votes. Um, so uh, we'll get right into it. And we did keep rookie of the year. Um, it was a challenge to, uh, honestly, the rookie of the year is us for uh, finding, figuring out four nominees for this category. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it also be comeback you know, of the year. <laughs> this uh, this rookie of the year, rookie of the year is best new character on the show. And uh, first of all, we have Harry Strickland of the Golden Company. Uh, I don't know if he was in season seven. He might have shown up for a second, but uh, Harry Strickland famously um, prances around for like three episodes, like talking about how good his army is, and then is immediately burned alive. Um, so uh, nice job, dude. Um, second nominee is. Daenerys Targaryen's new personality. Um, this is uh, when Danny changes uh, from one episode to the next. Uh, we gave that a Rookie of the Year nomination. Third nominee, uh, this one is actually an ensemble. It's uh, the racist mob of Northerners uh, <laughs> that has all the Dothraki and, um, and the Unsullied. And then the final nominee is Samuel Tarley's unborn child, um, who, uh, you know, didn't have to do much this season, but, uh, you know, no, we just, things of it. just grow. Yeah. Um, 
Does anybody have any opinions on anything other than the fact that it was really funny when Harry Strickland got burned up? Uh, well, he, uh, as I push up my glasses here, um, he survived the uh, the fire explosion from behind Daenerys. He actually, it's it's pretty funny visually. He's running, the Unsullied are charging, and he's running toward to get back into the city, uh, and he is speared through the back by... Um, Grey Worm. Oh, is that how he dies? Yeah. Even better. Um, any thoughts on any of these other ones? Um, my only thought is, like, I guess Sam's baby is the only one of the four that, like, brings up any sense of hope <laughs> or positive feelings in my body. When I when I hear you uh, list the nominees, so uh, I got, my vote is going to be for for the baby. You know, it's like, funny. I like that, Marceline. I also, um, to me, it's it's a it's a neck and neck race between Sam's unborn child and Harry Strickland. <clears throat> and uh, my one thought about Sam's unborn child is that uh, this kid is going to grow up in a peaceful Westeros, and you know he's going to be a little shit to Sam. He's going to be like, yeah, dad, everybody's heard. You know, he's like, he's like, it couldn't have been that bad. He's going to act. He's going to make Sam feel this big. And he's he's not going to realize how good he has it. He's not going to respect his mom. He's not going to respect his older brother, who is a product of incest. Um, Sam Tarly's unborn kid. I don't know. Uh, I, I just I, I see, can see the future, and it doesn't look bright for that child. It's all conjecture. It's all <laughs> speculation, David. Fair. Uh, I I like I like baby other baby Sam. Sam three. I have to vote for Harry Strickland <laughs> simply because he's the only character that has a name. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> there are groups of unnamed people or uh, an unnamed child. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think we just need to have something to engrave on the statue, you know? Right, that's yeah. true. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we pay for these by the letter. So <laughs> yeah. Samuel Tarley's unborn child is going to cost us a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we could try to, you know, make things cheap and just call it Sam Baby, but... <laughs> <laughs> But then people who look at these in their um, in the museums down the line may confuse this with Baby Sam. Yeah. Um, well, I am uh, I am the final vote on these, obviously. And while uh, the arguments towards Sam's unborn child are very good, I do have to say that one of the things that Game of Thrones did really well throughout all eight seasons was build something up or build a character up, only to have them erased in a second. And uh, Harry Strickland, I, I feel like, was one of the nice culminations of that. And uh, I just hate to see him leave the show without any hardware. Uh, so this award does go to Harry Strickland. Congratulations. Come get your rookie of the year. Congratulations, whoever played Harry Strickland. <laughs> Congratulations, guy whose name we will not look up. Right. <laughs> Next up is the I've Changed a Lot Since High School Award. Now, this is the award that goes to the character that has demonstrated the most change. Uh, And obviously, we're in season eight, so you would hope that characters have pretty much established who they are uh, and 
what they are. Um, but, you know, we still, you know, people still have the capacity to surprise. So uh, <clears throat> uh, this is maybe a legacy pick, but uh, we got Sansa Stark uh, for kind of completing her full transition into I am the ruler of a place. Uh, we have Varys for being a Targaryen loyalist and then uh, meeting Daenerys, like the second he hears about Jon Snow, being like, I'm, I'm fucking selling. Yeah. Treason, 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 treason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have um, Daenerys, who went from uh, the, the little people should not be punished for the squabbles of kings to... You know what? The only way, the only way I'm taking King's Landing is if everybody moves out of their houses. Uh, I'm burning the place down. Yeah, Targaryen. So those are my three nominees. Um, and now I open the field for any um, any what's it called? Write in votes. No arguments. Votes. Yeah, arguments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we will accept write in votes, but uh, you know, make sure it's good. If we're talking season eight, I think it has to be Daenerys just on the basis of undergoing an entire show arc in, you know, three episodes or so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, no one else made that kind of progress, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say shout out to shitty writing. Um, (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) because that's really what made her transition so abrupt and so like out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we should have nominated shitty writing for rookie of the year, but unfortunately the line <laughs> for the bad pussy came out five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't think that this can go to anybody, uh, but Daenerys, like, uh, it's, like you basically go from one episode to the next and you're just like, happened to her like it's like one episode she's like chilling drinking starbucks and the next episode (laughs) like very tired uh she's angry um god i forgot about that starbucks cup yeah actually she probably should have been in in the running for rookie of the year starbucks cup. oh yeah Yeah. true. oh my god yeah it took over (laughs) Mm -hmm. dragons Blood magic. (laughs) (laughs) Fireproof people. (laughs) An ice monster. (laughs) You mean to tell me? Yeah. (laughs) You mean to tell me they can't get over a coffee cup? (laughs) Oh, I'd forgotten about that. What was the context of that again? It was me tweeting that yeah. I thought the whole thing of them getting so worked, people getting so worked up about the coffee cup in Game of Thrones was stupid. So what? Uh, <laughs> but there was a coffee cup in the middle uh, of Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so I li- this looks like Daenerys um, is coming to the podium uh, for her first award of the night, and uh, congratulations, Daenerys. I, this could be um, this could be Mike Phelps, Mark uh, uh, Mark Spitz night for uh, yeah for Daenerys. We'll see how things go. 
Unfortunately, Daenerys couldn't be here to accept her award, so yeah. Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to accept it. Dragon's gonna accept it and he's uh and he's burnt it already. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In a move of stunning it. symbolism. <laughs> uh, you know, it really was a Game of Thrones after all, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if only they had looked directly into the camera to tell us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Hunt would be on the board. Yeah. Uh, next award is, um, and this is the one that's been around for a long time. This is Asshole of the Year. It's self-explanatory. It's an asshole. Somebody who is an asshole. So it's an uh, asshole. First nominee is Tyrion for Snitching on Varys. Uh, Tyrion, dude. What are you doing? Uh, Varys has been your boy through and through, and you threw it all away. You know, that's your like that's your bro. <clears throat> yeah, and it's at a point where she was already demonstrating that she's not all there. She's right. making some. She's making some bad calls. Yeah. Um, then we have. Uh, Jamie for uh, making his sweet love to Brienne and then immediately abandoning her for his sister. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> for his sister too. Dude, uh, you you know you you. He's like closure doesn't exist, right? Closure doesn't exist. You found you found yourself a lady that you like. Um, don't go back to Cersei because you feel like you have to end things. Just you know, be good to what you got. And then finally, we have um, John for creating a ton of drama, even though he doesn't want to be king. Um, for a guy who would love nothing more than to just like fucking go live in some hut somewhere, uh, he sure has a penchant for like uh, <clears throat> telling the truth to people or just just you know um, just ramping things up in a way where it's like, dude, if you could keep one fucking secret, your life would be immeasurably better. So give that a try. Um, any other nominees? Uh, I don't have any other nominees, but the John creating drama, even though he doesn't want to be King, I feel like has got to be it because that for me brings in some outside of the world feelings uh, of his whole lineage and how it ultimately meant nothing. Yeah, uh, they didn't really do anything with it. So for me, for all the ways it's wrapped up, uh, that would get my vote. I I guess if the award is asshole of the year, for me, I, I think what Jamie did is is the biggest example of what an asshole would do. Sure, more than. You know, like a bad decision or uh, that's fair. You know, it, it, that's just the sort of garden variety dickishness that we've come to expect from Mr. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the stakes, though, because Tyrion got his fr- his best friend killed, like he got him murdered and he he knew that he was going to die once he he snitched on him mm-hmm. and like. And it's, it's kind of like, because he ended up quitting the job anyway. It's like if you had a job and, like, <laughs> went to your supervisor and, and you told on your friend for, like, stealing shit from the job. And then, like, two weeks later, you just quit the job anyway. 
it's like it's fucked up. I guess mm-hmm. when when the consequence is death, it moves beyond being an asshole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to being like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Hunter. While while I do, uh, we, we, look, listen, we could we could parse what it means to be an asshole <laughs> all day. Um, although I would argue that like <clears throat> there's the there's the being an asshole, and then there's and so now I'm the asshole because, like, I, I feel like an asshole because I told uh, Sansa, and apparently Sansa likes spreading intrigue about the castle. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can also, uh, I, I feel like there, uh, at least in the Johnson era, there's there's some, uh, uh, there, you know, asshole can can go a variety of ways. I am going to give this one to Tyrion, uh, Marcia. I think you make a great point. Like Tyrion is also on his way out when he he is like he's like. They're like seriously sitting there talking. And they're like, "Yo, Daenerys is crazy." Tyrion's like, "No," and uh, Varys is like, "Well, you know, Jon Snow seems like level-headed. Turns out he's actually a Targaryen, which is something that you told me." Um, <laughs> and uh, I think like maybe we should like, which of these two people do you want to be king? Like, uh, and and Tyrion's like. Yeah, you make a lot of great points. Like I've known Jon Snow since he was 15 years old, and he's always demonstrated a penchant for being level-headed. Um, you know, I've seen Daenerys uh, get more and more unhinged and kill people gleefully. Um, hmm, I'll have to think about it. And then immediately snitches. And not to mention too, like he is the idiot who came up with the the idea of making Bran King too. Yeah. He he. Uh, I said this to David yesterday when we were talking about this stuff. He didn't do anything right since like season three. Uh, everything that he did afterwards was just like stupid shit after stupid shit, or a plan that backfired, or a plan that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, he is when if and when we actually do uh, series SRMEs, he would be in the running for like asshole of the series for me he is um and this is like this is what is such a problem so often with like books and movies and all that stuff is like characters that are described as being so smart uh you have to be so careful with them because like what can happen as and this is what happened with Tyrion is like Tyrion starts out all smart and then you're like, all right, well, he has to have some like things go wrong with him. And as things go wrong with him, you're like, is this guy smart or is he just like, can he just make a sex pun at any moment? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Varys was similar too. I feel like Varys was like the, the most cunning, smart guy in all of Westeros, and then all of a sudden, he just, like, started snitching to people who he knew would probably end up, like, telling on him. Yeah. yeah. Sending kids with uh, poison fruits and shit. Yeah. Has she done yet? <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's sending, he's sending Daenerys tea that has green cloud coming out. Scrolling <laughs> <laughs> crossbones on the glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving this to Tyrion. Uh, okay. No fight. So, um, <clears throat> this next one, honestly, let's be honest. Like Mike might cut this one from the awards ceremony because it's not that good. 
Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, my six-year-old could have thought of that award. This is the dumbest plan or invention. I think we created this award for the scorpion, uh, the scorpion shooter in season six or seven, um, which has actually, actually makes a fantastic comeback this year uh, and kills a dragon. So uh, it was we- either that one or the Jamie and Bron in Dorn thing. <laughs> Yeah, like, guy, we're just gonna we're gonna go down there dying. and then we're just gonna jump out <laughs> yeah it was the like ghostbusters <laughs> one two three getter uh plan yeah. <laughs> uh so anyway um here are my nominees here are mike and my nominees number one was uh hide in the crypts during a battle with a magical uh Iceman who uh, famously turns dead people alive. Um, turns dead people alive. <laughs> <laughs> Reanimates. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I think that it probably says that in the scripts. Yeah. Turns dead people turns- alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number two is um, Theon, after looking into. Uh, Brand's cold dead eyes and Brand saying thank you. Uh, oh, good man, Theo. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then the final one, and I know we just talked about this. Um, John deciding that it was paramount that he tell Sansa uh, about his lineage um, right after Daenerys had asked him not to tell anybody. Um, but being like, I can tell Sansa, she won't tell anybody else. Yeah. Uh, so any other nominees or uh, considerations to be made? Uh, for me, the the battle is between let's hide in the crypts, it's the safest place, and Theon just charging wildly at the Night King with a spear. I think it's got to be the crypts. I mean, as David so distinctly put it, we know that the Night King can turn dead people alive. <laughs> <laughs> And the crypts are where all the dead people are. Yeah. Just waiting to be turned alive. Yeah, it's true. All right. Yeah. I agree. That we thought everybody watching was like, oh, this is great. We're going to see like Edward, you know, Ed Stark alive. (laughs) And he's going to help the cause. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe good corpses do different things. (laughs) And noble corpses. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This, this was a, this was a bad call and I get it. Look, um, I'm sure they've seen it. I, well, they probably read it, I guess. They, you know, the people in Game of Thrones read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> or, or they read the Iliad where all the Trojans are hiding in the in the caves or whatever. Look, we know it's a thing that in big medieval battles that all your women and children hide in some place where if they're caught, they're sitting ducks. But this felt extra. And, um, <clears throat> like, all Jon Snow talked about for two seasons is um, we are going to be fighting an army of the of the dead, an army that raises the dead, and everybody's like, "Damn, we have to believe Jon Snow on this one. We got to believe him." And then, what do we do? Let's hide out in the bullpen of the dead people. <laughs> it's a bad plan. I don't even know whose plan it was, uh, but whoever's plan it was, uh, your my six year old could have thought of that. 
And it, actually, my six-year-old wouldn't have thought that. My six-year-old <laughs> would have scrutinized that plan immediately. In their defense, I'll play devil's advocate real quick. Um, when John and his friends, they stole one of the walk, the White Walkers and they put it in a box and brought it all the way over to King's Landing. The, the White Walker wasn't able to escape the wooden box. So maybe if their logic was like, hey, if, if he can't, if with this monster thing, he can't escape a wooden box, then maybe none of them would be able to uh, escape through concrete that's in the crypts. Oh, so they'd just be like in there going like, nah, 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 let me out. <laughs> <laughs> I am Nedad Stark. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Little help. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a deleted scene is just, <laughs> is just them in the crypts and like Sansa huddling with Tyrion and hearing just like, get me out of here. Hello. Anybody? Who's being in for the day for that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. They had to tell him it was cut, and he was so sad. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, can, can, well, can I do like kind of like a Mufasa shows up and just like talk <laughs> to them, like have my ghost form, like a Jedi? Has Sean Bean ever played a Jedi? No. That feels like a big oversight. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. There's a lot of yeah. Star Star Wars uh, that's that's being made these days. So yeah. don't count them out just yet. God, talk about disappointments. We won't go into that. <laughs> oh, <All on>. right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, sad sack of the year. This is the biggest bummer. This is a character that's a that turns out to be a bummer. Um, one that just depresses you. Um, so uh, first up, you know, this one is complicated, but Brienne of Tarth, um, you know, has some of the best highs of this season. But also, uh, you know, that image of her uh, in a robe watching Jamie uh, ride to his sister bride uh, is an all-time bummer. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then for her to, like, her final thing to be her writing Jamie's entry in the King's Book or whatever it's called. What's that thing called? The Knights? Uh, the White Book? The white book, yeah. Um, you know, look, Brienne of Tarth ended on a high note and had a lot of high notes, but boy, that low note really colored the whole thing for me. Uh, next up, we have Tyrion, who uh, snitches on his best friend, uh, and then, uh, as the smartest guy in the room, uh, nominates a character to be king who was written out of season six. Uh, <laughs> what to do with him uh and hasn't been a person for the subsequent two seasons um which is uh which is a bummer again the smartest man in westeros the best thing he can come up with um is a creepy teenager uh who keeps insisting that he's not the person that everybody says he is uh next up we have uh daenerys targaryen uh daenerys uh spends uh, six seasons as a an uh, aggressive but good-hearted. Actually, we'll say seven seasons aggressive but good-hearted uh, liberator of the people, and then uh, in three episodes becomes a jealous genocidal maniac. Uh, and finally, we have Grey Worm, who uh, in his devotion to again said liberator and uh, come genocidal maniac 
also becomes a genocidal maniac, um, partially also because his lady love had her head cut off. Um, did I miss anybody for depressing character? I feel like every character is depressing. I was going to say, I, I mean, John certainly, I would say, would potentially be in the running because, I mean, he his whole story arc was fucked up and just like it led to nothing for him. Um, even though he didn't want to be become king, I still feel like there should have been something rewarding. He didn't. He ended up losing the the aunt who he loved, and he ended up having to kill her. Um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe he would get a, a vote for a nomination, but maybe. Uh, yeah, Marshall, I think you're you're onto something here. Uh, he, the whole lineage thing ended up. Uh, not mattering. People kept telling him that he should be king. He was like, no. People kept telling him that she's fucking nuts. And he was like, oh, she's my queen. My queen. Um, he gets sent away to Castle Black. Um, of course, he goes beyond the wall with Tormund and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he's pretty mopey through the entire thing. He couldn't get to Bran. Uh, he got stuck dealing with the, uh, Ice Viserion. Um, yeah, his whole deal basically fell flat for the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. His little sister ended up taking his kill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She sniped him. He has to be thinking to himself, this actually, that's a great call. He also has to be thinking to himself, like I got brought back from the dead for this. Right. Right. Seriously. And he's yeah. like, look, I, you know, I believe in duty above all else, sure, but like, Jesus, like, seems like a lot of extra shit I'm going through. <laughs> yeah, and for uh, uh, Beric Dondarrion, brought back like six times for dying to save to save Arya, so that she could, I guess, save um, uh, everybody. But Lord of Light, man, get your shit together. There are easier roads. <laughs> And is Lord of Light the guy now? Like he, he must have been the guy because everything everything his followers did happened. I guess, but the prophecy doesn't mean shit. Like, who has there been any resolution to that? At least from with the Game of Thrones world, not not the books world. Uh, the resolution is that uh, George R. R. Martin was very happy with both the Giants and the Jets draft. <laughs> <laughs> His movie theater and bookshop remain closed. Um, <laughs> never, we're never, we're never seeing anything. <laughs> never. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable giving this to Jon Snow. Yeah, and yeah, it's got my vote. Convincing argument. Yeah. yeah. Um, next up, we have the uh, one of my favorite awards, the I'm Smart and I Want Respect Award. <laughs> yeah. Of course, in honor of Fredo Corleone, this award goes to a character with delusions of grandeur. Um, so uh, this first one, uh, I don't know if this is appropriate, but Tyrion Lannister um, for his nothing's better than a story speech. Um, mm. Feels like uh, him being like, I'm smart. Um, the next two are, I feel like, the real runners, which is Edmure um, trying to make a case for himself being king at the end. <laughs> immediately shot <laughs> Um Felt like just like a perfect uh, 
a perfect button on uh, that character, especially when um, we might have created this award for him. And then uh, finally, uh, Euron Greyjoy, who, uh, <laughs> for all his plans, um, calls it a victory that he killed Jamie Lannister. And he did it. He still <laughs> he actually did it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Tyrion definitely belongs in the running for the I'm smart and I want respect award um, <clears throat> because he kept getting those chances and fucking them up. He would be in the running for the, the seasons, the series award for that. Um, I know I'm coming down pretty hard on Tyrion. <laughs> but well, he's your favorite character at one point, right? Yeah. Mike, you're wearing his shirt right now. I am. I, yeah, it says I drink and I know things. He doesn't know anything. Um, he just drinks and says things. <laughs> you know He's what, wrong you know often. What, um, you know what Tyrion is for Game of Thrones? <clears throat> he's like um, he's like one of those. Um, not to get too political here, but he's like <laughs> one of those commentators that like uh, that like positions themselves as like a very reasonable person, and they're just like you know. I really didn't like, I didn't, I really didn't like that those white supremacists like, um, you know, you know, burned down that church, but also the, the people on Twitter were being really, uh, you know, the people complaining, (laughs) really, um, you know, saying some nasty things and they weren't composed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's tough to say, you know, it's hard to say, I, you know, Tyrion is like that, where he's just like, you know, I'm going to say things and I'm going to say them in the veneer of smartness and um, like measured thoughtfulness. But in fact, like, I'm actually a gigantic fuck up and I'm wrong about everything. Uh, So it's not quite a Fredo Corleone vibe, but it is like there is something to that where it's like he is um, he's been uh, punching above his weight for seasons at this point. Yeah, I think if you were to go back and uh, for all the characters that lived up to season eight or through season eight and tally the number of bad decisions they've made or decisions they made that cost lives uh, or a a loss in battle, any of those types of things, Tyrion would lead the pack. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's got my vote. I think for this award, that Ed Tully getting up is just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And I think really does embody the spirit of this particular award. So that's my vote. Yeah, I, I think Edmure has the best moment uh, that kind of embodies everything we're talking about. Um, but I think Tyrion overall kind of as a character is like, and throughout the entire season, kind of embodies it in his own way. So I'm going to, I'm going to give a slight edge to Terry Lannister on this one. Oh my God. So it's up to me. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, Mike, you, you make a very excellent case about uh, Terry and uh, let's make sure that we see that reflected in a different award, but for the Fredo Corleone, I'm strong, I want respect award, uh, it's got to go to Admir, even if it's just a lifetime achievement award. Uh <laughs> Him standing up during the thing and uh, with a straight face and suggesting that he should be king of Westeros when he spent the last three years um, 
as a baby in a Lannister prison uh, is high comedy. Yeah. Here's a great, here's a great category. One that we've had some uh, some real spirited debates about in the past. This is best fight. Um, And uh, so the two nominees that I have, and I'm willing to hear any others are the Clegane bowl and then uh, Jamie versus Euron. Just two, just two beach boys shooting the fair one. <laughs> I, yeah, I would vote for uh, Jamie versus uh, Euron on this one. Uh, Euron Greyjoy brings me so much Greyjoy. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous fool! <laughs> I enjoyed every moment he was on my television screen. Yeah. Particularly when he stared into the camera. <laughs> Any Anytime you're staring down the barrel of the camera, <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there really wasn't... There were battles, but there wasn't many fights um, yeah. to kind of really fill out a, a category. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that Jon Snow versus the Night King isn't being isn't nominated here. I, I'm still stunned that that how did that not happen? <laughs> how did Jon Snow versus anybody not happen? Yeah, Grey Worm, that should have happened. Like, uh, it's it just like I know that all of Game of Thrones is about subverting what we want, what we expect. But it's like, for God's sake, let us see the main character of your show getting a fucking sword fight with someone. <laughs> Just one. This guy's been carrying around a Valerian steel sword for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Let him let him trade blows with somebody else who's supposed to be a hot boy. You know, like come <laughs> on. Yeah, like when you look at um, the it, Lord of the Rings when Gandalf faces the witch king you have that moment where they're fighting and it looks like the witch king's going to get the better of him and then he's like something calls him away we could have had one of those moments where those two are fighting something happens and then pulls him away and we still have the moment where aria ends up you know with the final blow right damn shoulda woulda coulda mm-hmm yeah, have John fight the Night King for a little second, and then I mean, I guess he fights that one White Walker, um, which actually was a good fight at Hardhome. Yeah, but we wanted one more. We deserved one more. Yeah, and they set it up like they stared down each other like from <laughs> a distance as like John was just like yeah. on a boat. Like, yeah, we got unfinished business. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing ever came of it. Does anybody want to say anything on behalf of the Clegane Bowl? Uh, it's a good. I would say it has my vote just because of the buildup. I feel like that's one of the only, one of the few things in the show that actually kind of led to something and it had its like culmination and it like paid off kind of, you know, like they both end up dying, but at least, at least it built up to something. Like this was, it, was, it felt worth it to me, and I, I actually enjoyed the scene. Um, you know, every it was a, it was pretty ambitious, like w- with everything that they they did with the special effects. Um, 
but I actually felt something positive while I, you know, watched that scene as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But on second viewing, I would say that it was, I find it hard to give this best fight because there was really no contest. Uh, they they made them, yeah, they made the mountain uh, so impervious to anything. Uh, he's basically indestructible. Uh, anything and everything that uh, the hound did to him was just like nothing. He, his huge sword was like tink, 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 tink. Um, he stabbed him multiple times. The only time he even got one hit in was when he took that one knife and it was like right in his head and it kind of pushed him back a little bit and then he pushed him over the edge and they both died. But there was no real fight there. Mm. Yeah. And it I was I, just surviving. You know, I don't always like hold this as part of it. Um, it there were there were no stakes in that fight either. Yeah. yeah. I think we all imagined the click game bowl like having some kind of stakes to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was just like I mean, and this, you know, sometimes this is important, but it's like this was just like two guys like fighting to the death in a city that's burning down around them. It's like, it's just like the end of a character arc for the hound. Yes. Um, you know, but not meaningful within the grander context. Yeah. Um, ah, I can't believe that we're about to make the Clegane Bowl lose, but uh, <laughs> Damien, you're on engaging in like a, they live esque battle uh, on the beach. Uh, that ends with Euron talking directly into the camera. It's season eight. <laughs> Congratulations, boys. Did Jamie win the first? Did Jamie? Oh, we didn't have an SRMs for season one. Right. I was going to say, because the Jamie um, Ed Stark fight is fun. We never actually did season one and two. Yeah. So maybe, nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, following uh, following right in that footsteps, we have the uh, Halle Berry, what the fuck was that line uh, <laughs> award, which is in honor of Halle Berry's ridiculous dialogue in the X-Men. <laughs> uh, the specific line being, you know what happens when lightning strikes a toad? Dramatic buildup. The same thing that happens when lightning strikes anything else. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have, um, and following right on the heels of what we just did, um, uh, first up we have, I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. Euron Greyjoy says to no one. <laughs> uh, or directly to the camera. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, the same person nominated twice. Uh, we have, uh, Rand, uh, we have, why do you think I came all this way? Which is what Bran says, accepting the crown after spending two straight seasons announce, announcing to everyone that he's no longer Bran Stark and no longer concerned with any squabbles of men. Uh, I can't be the lord of anything. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, apparently he meant I can't be the lord of Winterfell, but uh, I can be the king of you know the Seven Kingdoms. Um, and then we have uh, also uh, for Bran Stark... Um, ran to Theon uh, I'm going to go now which he says right in the middle of the Battle of Winterfell before he turns into <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, he did and- nothing he did nothing he sat there and he, and he 
warged into some crows, flew around the Night King a little bit. Like, the crows didn't even start pecking at the Night King. Right? I know, right? They didn't annoy him like a bunch of little yeah. gnats. See him, like, swatting away <laughs> these crows? They, he just kind of flew by them. They're a little drive-by. And then waited as the Ironborn all died defending him. I'm going to go now, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> in a band with you anymore. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, I like Euron for this. I think um, as bad as all the brand lines were, and we literally could have nominated more brand lines, for sure. um, I think to me the, uh, the epitome of a what the fuck was that line award has to go to something that takes you out of the moment completely. <laughs> And uh, Euron Greyjoy talking directly to the camera uh, about how he killed uh, Jamie Lannister, which also it's like, was that on his fucking mind? Like, I know he like right. had beef with Jamie Lannister, but like, had we established that he had a weird obsession with Jamie Lannister? I thought he just wanted to be like king. Yeah. Uh, there, and he just survived getting burned alive. And the first thing he washes ashore, he sees Jamie in his sights and is like, oh, that's what I'll do. Right. Yeah, whatever. It definitely didn't seem like something that he was pre-planning at all. No. He was he was always a bit of a jerk to him. Um, but no. And like Euron Greyjoy is a glory hound, but is he like like he seems like somebody who would cut and run. Like he washes up on a beach, like sees King's Landing burning to the ground. I feel like he would have just as soon run away. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. Um, any other cases to be made against Jamie? I mean, against Yaron Greyjoy? No, I think I, I, I will give that my vote too. Um, as much as I hate Bran and everything that happened in the last, in the last episode, I'll give it to Euron simply because, like, the moment he stared into the camera, like the genre of the show switched for me. <laughs> so, that, that quick second, you are like, oh, gonna, really? oh, go ahead. I'm going to call that a positive, and because <laughs> I like it so much, I'm going to throw a. Why do you think I came all this way? And there is my vote. What do you think I came all this way? <laughs> it was a it was a shocking God. I mean, the thing about the thing about your aunt's thing was it was this. It was a moment where you're like, oh, okay, like they know the show is ending. We know the show is ending. The characters know the show is ending. Um, <laughs> and then the thing with Bran was. It was just like this was like a the final twist of the screw on a character who has been annoying for season after season. Who's been annoying for two seasons straight. Um God. I don't know. You know, uh I think it was like Jason Kidd and Grant Hill shared Rookie of the Year awards in like nineteen ninety six or something like yeah. that. I'm like Dangerously close to giving it to both of these guys. Um, I don't know, Mike. You pick this one. Uh, Christ. Um. Damn, they're both terrible. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. 
<laughs> he's, he's now everyone's a, <laughs> everyone's a beetle. Everyone's a beetle. Next up, we have uh, this is a big one, uh, and it's important that we decide this one with the current uh, group that we have. This is the best <laughs> moment of the year. This is the, uh, the moment where our sisters uplifted us. Uh, but listen. Um, Apparently, people still have schedules, um, despite the fact that we're dealing with coronavirus, because, uh, look, we some other members of our team were supposed to be here. They're not here. We miss you all very much. Uh, and uh, we'll be sure to do a podcast later. Um, anyway, uh, Yes Queen moments of the year. Uh, Arya Stark loving and leaving Gendry. Uh, second... Brienne is knighted. Third, Brienne loses her virginity to Jamie Lannister. And fourth, Daenerys Targaryen burning King's Landing to the ground. Yeah. Uh, I think the last one is controversial, but you know what? Uh, It's important to remember that, um, you know, Genocide is not just for men <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my vote goes to Brienne getting knighted. I feel like this was a great moment in her arc. Uh, she is the first woman to be knighted. Uh, and it was Jamie, the person that she was uh, in love with that who ended up doing it. Um, one of my favorite moments in the series was, was this particular moment. Um, but as far as yes, queen, sure. That's got my vote. Yeah. I guess given the, the historical context, um, that is attached to Brienne being knighted, uh, I'll give that my, my vote with a, uh, you know, a shout out to Arya side boob and, <laughs> you know, and her sure. losing hers and mm-hmm. Brienne losing hers and, you know, <laughs> Everybody fucking. Yeah. In front this award, you just got to think, you know, you got to remember these moments and you got to think, what made me say yes, queen? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's Arya loving and leaving Gendry. (laughs) Arya, you don't need no man. Yes, queen. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yeah, her telling Gendry that he belongs to the streets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Savage. <laughs> he said, you knew what it was. <laughs> um, oh, man, this is so tough for me also, um, because I do agree that there is um, uh, nothing better than Gendry being like, I love you, and Arya being like, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I got a ship to catch, baby. Uh, (laughs) um, That said, um, you know, Brienne doing some real trailblazer shit this year um, and getting knighted, uh, which uh, I guess opens the way for her to become a member of the Kingsguard, um, which also don't they take vows of celibacy? 
uh, on the King's Guard. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. She, she got it in there right before joining. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she's, uh, yeah. So, um, I know that old, that Brienne United like Indiana in- Jones <laughs> reaching for his hat. <laughs> God, <it's- laughs> Mike's, Mike doesn't even look. He's like he's got a finger over his mouth because he's like smiling just a little bit, but he doesn't. He's not even like looking that proud of himself or what was a great, a great pull. Um, I think Brianna's knighted is such a big thing, um, and leads to her getting on the king's guard. I'm going to give it to Brianna's knighted. Yes, um, queen. That she is the she is our yes queen um, winner. Uh, next category, most useless character. Who moved the needle the least? Um, so this one, despite uh, despite the fact that he ends the show as the king of Westeros, um, did Bran do anything to actually help anybody this season? He was birds. He was birds. <laughs> <laughs> Not this season, no. Uh Having just watched, it's all still pretty, pretty fresh. Uh, a lot of what he did, like last season, it was in, it was season seven when he kind of helped uh, put the pieces together for John's lineage, which again didn't mean shit in the end. Um, but this season, no, he he didn't really do anything. Yeah, uh, and also, I mean, you know, we, we I guess the books will never come out, but we need to get closure on. <laughs> Brand was masterminding this whole thing uh, because if he, you know, he obviously doesn't warn John that telling Sansa is a bad idea. He's like, that's your call. Um, and, you know, that's a moment where it's like, hey, you know, Bran, you know, if you had told, if you tell John that telling Sansa is a bad idea, huge, huge difference, huge difference in what winds up happening. So um, that, <laughs> Warrants some minor consideration. Our next nominee is Samuel Tarley, uh, who I can't remember why we nominated him. Well, he gives Jorah a sword, and um, then decides that he's going to write a book about everything that happened. Uh, and by the way, Sam, bad news about uh, guys who try to write a book about this story. They don't fucking finish. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know. I, Sam feels like a very distant second to me in this one, but yeah, I think this is I'm easy. Likewise, because I mean, I think writing a book is still more than whatever the fuck Brand did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like he didn't technically get really pregnant this season, but like Sam having a baby, he's writing a book. Gave away his Valyrian steel sword. That all feels like good shit. Yeah. All Mark. more than Bran kind of did throughout the entire series. Yeah. It's more like like for Bran, it, his story is more about what he didn't do. Because he just sat back and watched a lot of terrible shit happen that he probably could have intervened. His whole family died almost. Like, mm-hmm. if you knew all this shit, like, do something about it. Hodor yeah. died defending defending yeah. him. Jojen died defending him. Mira Reed carried him the rest of the way, 
and then got sent off. He did my girl Mira dirty. Yeah. Uh, he also never warged into a dragon, which we had been waiting a long time for. So disappointing. Yeah. Oh man, if he had been like Theon, I have to I have to go now. And then warged into a dragon or warged into all those crows and like thousands of crows, they'd started picking eyes out or something. Anything. Yeah. Warged into some whites. Any literally anything. Or some dire wolves, like yeah. some, the wild the wild dire wolves that yeah. were left. And what if he then, had worked into a tree and made it shake its leaves around a little bit? <laughs> uh, that would be more than he's done. It whispers, remember to Ned Stark 40 years ago? We'd right. have to know that he he was the tree, though. It would, his face would have to appear or something. What if he just quietly hummed, shake your tail feather? <laughs> well, then there's evidence that he can see the future. <laughs> which there also, I guess there already is, because why do you think I came all this way? You know, yeah, right? yeah. Which is creepy. You're like, oh, we're going to hire a king that is like, who basically um, allowed a genocide to happen so that he would be king? Mm. Did, did he know that Danny was going to burn King's Landing to the ground? A lot of questions to be asked there. Um, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> what's that phrase? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I've never heard that. Before. I've never heard that either, but <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, so this award goes to Bran. Sure. Uh, the next award goes to Best Jobber. This is a <laughs> character who only exists to get killed or messed up. Um, first up, we have uh, the Fire Sword Dothraki, uh, who... Uh, all get their swords lit on fire and then immediately proceed uh, to get wrecked by the slowly approaching army of the dead. <clears throat> um, they basically died for a cool visual effect. Yeah, um, yeah. Next up, we have uh, the woman and young child that Arya leads through uh, Daenerys's maze of destruction for them only to get burnt alive later. And then finally, and this one is maybe a Lifetime Achievement Award, although uh, I guess he actually does factor into some other shit. The Mountain? Is the Mountain the... <laughs> is the Mountain the uh, the series jobber of Game of Thrones? I think it's tough to say that because he does kill um, the, um, the Dorn guy. Um, oh, yeah. The, the squeezes his eyes out. I, I can't uh, remember. Oberyn, Martell. Oberyn. Yes. Yeah, Oberyn, Martell, yeah. Um, but uh, still, the question, look, I'm not saying it's the right answer, but the question must be asked. If he's a jobber, he is like in wrestling, uh, and I'm sure Marcelli and Hunter uh, can point to someone like this, uh, but he's one of those wrestlers that, is on like the lower card that somehow catches fans' eyes, and then next thing you know, he's for a little while kind of kind of hot. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of a um, uh, like a uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, yeah, <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> no, yeah, like a crowd favorite, but like yeah. wasn't meant to be. Or the um, Iron Mike Sharf. Anybody <laughs> remember him? No. Uh, no, he was just known I, for he was one of those droppers that was just known for like 
being really loud and aggressive with his uh, grunts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if he's a jobber, he's one I was going to like jobbers. more to like a um, like a, a Mark Henry type who it's like uh, is uh, he's a jobber to the stars. So Mark Henry <laughs> is there to run through a lot of people. Right? Yeah. He runs through all the other lower card guys. Yeah. And he gets, oh no, Mark Henry's so scary. And then who shows up one day? John Cena. Yeah, it's our old pal John Cena. <laughs> and he easily picks up Mark Henry and just throws him on the ground and then does, you know, like a big salute and pins him. <laughs> Hello, Greg O'Clugain here. Job to the stars. <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd actually make a case for the Golden Company. Yeah, when oh, we call yeah, Harry Strickland. Yeah, our good. rookie of the year seems also to be a good candidate for the jobber of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> Who is that? Sounded crazy. You there, David? Am I sounding weird again? Yeah, you got a little, uh, little funky sound there for a second. Yeah, Am I open like you exploded? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, no, Harry Strickland, it might've also been me furiously typing Harry Strickland's name, <laughs> uh, because I can't believe we forgot about Harry Strickland. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. He and his golden company, uh, <laughs> show up, talk a little shit, get talked up and then, uh, immediately, uh, our dragon food. Yeah. <laughs> like I heard, I heard about like the books and I heard about how much they were built up in the books and stuff. So I was excited to see what they were, you know, once they were announced and I think it was season seven that they were on the way, it was like, Oh shit, this is going to be like some, some epic battleship. But then it was just like, just like that. They were just burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, these are the most, uh, have the most variable power levels in Game of Thrones. They go from being uh, glorified hang gliders to B-17 bombers like that. Yeah. Uh, um, it's oh, a late entry, are... but I like I like Harry Strickland oh, and the Gold Harry Company. Strickland. This is Harry Strickland and the Gold Company. Because um, yeah, he's even got like... The, the gold company are like his cronies, like his, like the manager that shows up at the wrestling <laughs> and like his tag team partner. It's really great. Um, so we already kind of talked about this. Um, we did have an award last year called the bitch ass bitch. Um, and uh, we, I had one nominee this year, which is Edmure Trolley getting a lifetime achievement award for this. Um, this was an award we would give to like, just like the, biggest coward um so uh does anybody else want to even spend time on this or do we just want to say happy birthday admir happy birthday admir Admir. that's it okay um next up uh wow this is uh holy shit wait oh my god yeah that should probably be a little later okay let's uh let's keep rolling for a second um Oh, here we go. The symbolic award for best symbolism. Uh, this is the this is the award for the uh, the moment in this in the season that uh, had that was the most symbolic and was uh, evocative of a thing 
And uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> Did you get it? Did you get it when that happened, that it meant something? Uh, so first up, we have um, Barrett Dundarian, uh, Barrett Dundarian's death when he is protecting Arya. Barrick, of course, uh, died, what, seven times, nine times? He died a bunch uh, of Six he, times, uh, or he was brought back a seventh. I lost. I have yeah. to go back and watch the entire series a few But years. anyway, he dies and is resurrected multiple times, and his final life is spent protecting Arya. And he dies um, with his body in the shape of a cross. Um, I wonder what could be going on there. Um, next up, we have um, Daenerys uh, uh, walking down the steps. Rogan flails his wings behind her, laughs, <laughs> oh. making her look like uh, like like she has dragon dragon queen. Yeah, um, I think we called this uh, when it happened, um, like um, like somebody took something from deviant art and put it on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> put it in the Game of Thrones episode. And then uh, finally, we have Drogon. Uh, right after his mistress has been killed by her lover, um, not retaliating against John, but instead burning the Iron Throne to the ground. That's got it, my vote. Uh, yeah. Puddle yeah. of metal. <laughs> it's, it's the throne thing. I when you were describing it, I was like, oh, it's got to be the dragon wings thing. And then you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the throne. Even yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, that's my vote. The same episode. Um, yeah, that's absolutely my vote, too. He just, yeah. that, that big beast was so intelligent and just, he knew that everything that was going on and he understood the symbolism of it all. Man. He, understood the, he understood symbolism, but he didn't understand that it was wrong to burn an entire town of innocent people. Right. Right. <laughs> I know that's not what this award is about, but <laughs> um, great. Uh, I'm going to skip the next award because we've talked about it ad infinitum. It was the honesty is the worst policy award. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and then, so here's the next award. This is the gotcha award. Um, two nominees here, although of course open for other nominees. Um, Bran uh, waiting for Jamie to arrive in Winterfell. Um, fun little pop-up, which is uh, Bran is in the middle of a conversation. He says, hold on, I've got to be somewhere. Uh, and it's literally just like sitting in the court of Winterfell as Jamie arrives and is like looking at him with dead eyes. Um, I guess I guess he uses his future sight for important shit like that. Um, and then uh, Euron um, conveniently washing up on the beach to fight Jamie uh, also felt like just a convenient... Um, moment any votes anybody care who wins this award <laughs> uh i think it would go to Euron. um the the brand thing um is like i can see him doing that because in the past jamie he would have been able to see jamie say that they're going to he's going to winterfell um or he's he sees him traveling through so there's that um but you're on just Jamie thinks he's going to be he's just heading on up to take care of Cersei. And then Jamie Lannister, Kingslayer, <laughs> Kingslayer, son of a bitch. 
<laughs> He's Anne Ramsey now. the night king. Better survive my shipwreck. Clumsy <laughs> <laughs> <Clumsy> poop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, next award uh, isn't really an award, which is just a shout out. It's called the Sing It My Boy Award, which is for uh, the end of, uh, what is it, episode three, where uh, Tyrion goes, anybody know a song? And Todger's like, yeah, I know a song. And then sings the song that we then get the uh, montage over, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Podrick singing Jenny of Old Stone, which then Florence and the Machine couldn't wait to come out with. Yeah. Um, next award. This is the Yada 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 Award. Uh, this is the award for the biggest time jump over events that would have been great slash important slash informative to see. Um, cool. First up, we have Grey Worm holding King's Landing for two months after John kills Daenerys. Would love to have seen yeah. anything about what happens in the immediate aftermath of Daenerys getting killed, uh, aside from the Iron Throne being burnt. Um, the cleanup of the Battle of Winterfell. Um, this was Mike's nominee. Uh, he's like, we went straight from the battle to the funeral. Uh, <laughs> there were hundreds of thousands of bodies. <laughs> hundreds of thousands. And then, boom. Just clean. Uh, these next two, I didn't... Uh, I didn't add these. But uh, so Mike must have added them. The Fall of House Umber. Uh, can you speak to that? Uh, yeah, they are traveling through. You have the Night's Watch coming from one end and the people coming from East Watch uh, all headed towards uh, Winterfell. Uh, and they meet at um, White, not White Harbor. What is the name of the, uh, wh- whatever Umber is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the, they're all dead. They've oh, already, there's a big spiral there. Yeah. The dead have mm-hmm. already taken all of them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, with this, this symbol that means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Miss Sandy getting captured, which I guess we don't see. We, she just is captured? Oh, she- yeah. They, uh, you have Euron shooting uh, Rhaegal out of the sky, uh, and then he turns all, they all turn their scorpions on the Iron Fleet, uh, and Daenerys' fleet, and then they all jump ship. They land ashore, and then we cut to Miss Andy's been captured and uh, the fleet's been destroyed. And yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, this is, this is Grey Worm holding King's Landing, right? This is like the fact that months allegedly go by between John killing Daenerys. And there's like, we see none of that. We see none of the mechanism for that working. Does anybody have any counter arguments to that? No. I agree with that because like John was just held captive and for that, that long, like seriously, you just, he, he literally just killed the queen and he's just being held captive for like a couple months and like Grey Worm didn't try to kill him. Yeah. And they say that the North, like the Northmen have surrounded King's Landing. Like there's just like anything, like it would be like one thing goes wrong and a war starts. Like, uh, how is this not a bigger, like, how was this spent? No, how was no time spent on this thing? Yeah, this is two or three episodes in normal Game of Thrones storytelling pre season six. Yeah, it might be a whole season. Yeah, 
season or uh, episode uh, uh, six of the season could have been uh, at least two seasons of material. When you think about how long uh, Danny spent in uh, Marine versus how long we spent in King's Landing uh, sorting out all the political stuff that happens after the fall of King's Landing, pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, next award is called the Unlimited Budget Award. Um, this is the uh, award given to um, HBO. Famously insisted that Game of Thrones had an unlimited budget uh, by the end and could do whatever they want. This is the award uh, for the moment in the show that made you say, "Really, they have an unlimited budget? Doesn't seem like it." Um, first nominee is John and Daenerys's Dragon Ride. Um, second nominee is the entire battle of Winterfell being too dark to see anything. Uh, third nominee is uh, sky battle with dragons. <laughs> uh, fourth nominee is, there's a lot of dragon work here. Um, Rogan appearing out of the darkness to burn Varys to a crisp. Uh, and then the final nominee is limiting the final season to six episodes. Can I add one? Can I add uh, ghosts? Like, just oh, showing up. Yeah. Ghosts never appearing. Yeah. By the way, they, they for all the, you know, they t- talk about all this, oh, yeah, we have unlimited budget and all this stuff. They they suddenly start going, yeah, oh, ghosts is really hard to do. Yeah. So much do dragons. Yeah. yeah. Dragons, easy. Ghosts. The dogs, no. Yeah. Hard to just make a bigger dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got Ghost at the Battle of Winterfell. Ghost got torn up. Um, we have a, a few pockets of of ghosts throughout this, um, but yeah, we never got a nice big direwolf battle kind of thing. You know, so much missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Did any, only John and Arya keep their direwolves for the entire show, right? That's that. That's by the end. That's what happens. Well, Rand's Arya not- doesn't necessarily keep Nymeria. Um, but Nymeria lives. Yeah, as, as yeah. far as we know. Okay. Everyone else gets killed in battle or uh, at the hand of someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just torn on where to vote here. My my initial thought was darkness in the Battle of Winterfell. Um, but That's, also, I kind of liked that. So I'm not. Having having rewatched it, that's got my vote. That's got your vote. Yeah. Anybody else? I'll go with Mike on that one. Okay. Yeah, I I haven't seen that like the actual battle in a while, but just going back to what was going through my head, like during and the extent, like it was such a long period of time that you really couldn't see shit. And it's like, yeah. how did how did they not figure this out in the editing room? Right. Yeah. yeah, and then they claimed that like people needed to change the settings on their TVs. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's some yeah. bullshit. Blame the TVs. Yeah, you wait until the third episode of the final season of one of the of a cultural phenomena to tell people to upgrade your TV and not yeah. tell them beforehand. Like, hey, if you really want to enjoy this, you're going to want to uh, go out and get a new TV and spark some TV sales. Not pin it on that after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> Got my vote. Okay. We're uh, we're about to hit the home stretch here. 
Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna skip this award, but I just want to talk about uh, one thing in it. This is the That's Convenient Award, um, which was frankly going to be a battle between Jamie's golden hand sticking out of the rubble and uh, Sam and the show ending with Sam starting to write a book called A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to address the fact that it's like, um, hey, fantasy write- authors, like we can. Uh, we can skip the part of every book where the character that's an analog for you sits down to write the story of the story that we just finished. reading. Uh, we appreciate it. We get it. It's important. Um, we can now, we will just assume that that character wrote a book about the events. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Probably okay. skip the next couple. No, I want to. Okay. I'm going to have a quick conversation about this. Okay. The next award is called Can This Person Actually Act? Bran and Arya. Now, I know everybody hates Bran, but I also, I I like, I've really liked the way the girl who plays Arya does things for the most part. So some of this might be writing, but was she a bummer this season? I would say the writing, like, Based off of the clips that I was that I reviewed to you know do this, um, it just, it really seemed like the writing hindered a lot of the actors uh, from doing an actual good job acting. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to to really give it your all when like the words that you're supposed to say like are shitty and and are not realistic or not like um, not not in, not congruent with you know the character that was built. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Benioff and Weiss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did themselves and the show a disservice by being so hands-on with this final season when it, when it came down to the, the writing of things. Um, I think some years from now, there will be a <clears throat> Game of Thrones reboot uh, that aims to write the ship when it comes to how things played out with this something that takes place in the future where they think everything was, was handled. And then it's just people working to work through the Prince who was promised work through the whole white walkers uh, storyline. There's just one isolated white Walker somewhere that the wave of destruction didn't, (laughs) the wave of crumbles didn't hit Uh, something somewhere down the line. They're going to recognize the show for the writing. It was okay. I hear you. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the next category, I just want to, we, this is called this person can actually act, um, which is, I'm going to give a shout out to Amelia Clark here. Um, hmm. I think that like, you know, I think that like Daenerys's arc this last season, maybe in the last two seasons was fucking insane and tough. Um, but like, I, I think she did everything within her power uh, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I've got to give her props. Yeah. Most of it done on a, uh, uh, mechanical bull, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in front of a green screen and yelling at a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Great point. laughs> uh, next up, this is a good one. Best line of season eight. Um, first one, uh, is 
poor girl. The pox will take her within the year, <laughs> which is what Kyburn says as uh, as a prostitute leaves. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron's room. Uh, he might even sniff her. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's just it's just the the creepy cherry on the creepy Sunday that is creepy Kyburn. Um, and then the next one is. Uh, which one of you cowards shit my pants? Which is <laughs> as after the battle of Winterfell. Yeah, that's got my vote. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> that's got it for me, yeah. It, it's got to be, yeah, I think it's got to be Tormund. He's fun. Uh, he's uh, He hasn't been represented in this yet. Um and uh, that is a good line. It did not win him the affection of his lady, but um, I have a feeling Tormund's going to bounce back. Yeah. Um, whose death made you the happiest? I've got Euron, Night King, and Jorah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is most satisfying death. Yeah. Um, what is that noise? Is that your AC, David? Are you no. vacuuming? No. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> it's it's not you turned off your vacuum. <laughs> I see the vacuum in your hand. We're doing this over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> was I touching up? Was I touching up my living room? Yes. <laughs> uh, this is most satisfying death, uh, and yeah, it's like which death made you the happiest? I put in. Uh, Euron was there. I threw in the Night King and, and Jorah. Um, I, for me, the most satisfying death was Jorah's death. Uh, it was not a happy death. I was not glad to see him go, but I think that he died in a way that satisfied his storyline and satisfied me as, as a viewer. Whereas the other nominees, uh, Euron, I don't care. Uh, and the Night King, I was, it was a cool moment, but I'm not satisfied with his, the way that he died and how that all came about and the things leading up to it. That's, that's my, my arguments. Mm. Marsley, I think you're muted. Yeah, I can't hear anything. <laughs> Still nope, can't hear still you. Still lost you. Yeah, All right, how about now? All right, there. there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but um, I, I think Marsley is the vacuum cleaner noise. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is me. I think it's because my my computer's starting to overheat. <laughs> <laughs> All these hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was saying. Um, I think Jorah does it for me. Just just because I think he. He died doing what we knew he was going to die doing. And, you know, he died doing what he wanted to do. So that's it. Yeah. You know, he's had a troubled history. Let's get, let's, let's have him end this series with an award. Uh, that is the <laughs> sad sack award. Yeah. All right, Jorah. Um, all right. We're down to our final three here we go. Well, there's also the one a little earlier that we skipped over. What? We skipped over one a little earlier. The best overall moment. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. We have four more awards. <laughs> um, so, uh, the soul crushing, heart wrenching, gut punching moment of the year. Our nominees are Lady Mormont getting El Squish from the Giant, Jorah Mormont dying to save Danny, Rhaegal biting the dust, Masandi getting her head chopped, Danny burning King's Landing, realizing you invent, invested so much time in storylines that ultimately meant nothing in the world. <laughs> That's got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fr- from outside of the world, that definitely has, has my vote. Uh, inside the world, uh, I, I maybe Rhaegal because it was so like whew, happened so fast, but none of those. Like every, this, this season just moved at such a pace that it was tough to really mourn anything. Uh, so yeah, realizing that everything was a waste. Uh, <laughs> it's got my vote. All right. We're going to go with the meta answer here. <laughs> Hunter, were you about to say something? Yeah, sorry, Hunter, yeah. I, I was considering. Uh, yeah, I think the meta answer is the right one. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, we have MVP. This is the character that just rocked it this season. Again, this isn't necessarily like a good character winning. It's just the character overall who you were like, this was their season. We have Arya Stark, Daenerys Targaryen, Jon Snow, Brienne of Tarth, and Sansa Stark. I mean, Arya killed the, the Night King. It's pretty big. Uh, and she was kicking ass during the Battle of Winterfell and then ultimately didn't do anything. I'm going to go with Brienne of Tarth. This was my pick as well. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I say Brienne too. Um, I think the knighting and just like everything that was done with her story arc, it was, it was the most satisfying. Yeah. You know, from, you know, obviously Arya had a couple high scoring games, but I think when you look at overall season consistency, <laughs> uh, this has to go to Brienne of Tarth. Sounds good. Uh Best overall moment. This is the moment that defines season eight. Uh, first up, we have Jamie knighting Brienne. Next up, we have Daenerys burning King's Landing to the ground. And finally, we have uh, Sam proposing democracy and everybody laughing and making fun of him. I think Arya killing the Night King would surely be on on that list. Uh For me, it goes to Brienne. That was just such a, a nice moment. Yeah, that that whole scene uh, and the buildup that, that led to Brienne being knighted was just like, I think it was probably my favorite part of the, the season. Just like when everybody was shit talking and drinking and singing and, you know, I felt like it was a great way to kind of like end that mm-hmm. that sequence. I think it's also from the episode that had everyone thinking, oh, maybe this season will be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we were young then. 
Yeah, it makes sense that uh, the MVP is involved in the best overall moment. Sure, sure. Um, so now we come to the final award, and maybe this is ending on a downer, um, but it is the one that pr- perhaps warrants the most conversation. This is the biggest disappointment. This is the award for the character, moment, or plot that let you down the most. Uh and there are 10 nominees. Shit. <laughs> 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 uh, first up is Night King's reason for doing what he's doing, uh, which is given as Bran is the world's memory, but also what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Number two is just the White Walkers in general. Next up, we have uh, John's lineage. Number four, we have Jamie. Uh, Jamie's redemption arc. Next, we have Cersei Lannister's comeuppance. Then we have the entire legend of the prince that was promised. Then we have Tyrion's everything. Danny's heel turn. Bran becoming the king of Westeros. Keeping over the two months where Grey Worm held King's Landing and Melisandre's return to winter. Hmm. That's tough. That's, this is a tough one. So I would strike when when I'm thinking of what to vote, I, I'll put aside the White Walker stuff, both the Night King and the White Walkers in general. Uh, just as sort of like no matter what they say, they're ice zombies. That's like, you know, that's yeah, motivation we, enough. They're yeah. mean. They're mean ice zombies. Whatever. Uh, I wasn't like looking forward to the psychology of the Night King or anything. <laughs> I, I think it's either the the pace that they approached Daenerys's heel turn, or the complete lack of comeuppance for uh, Cersei. Uh, just sort of like a I don't know, rocks fall on her, you know. <laughs> Uh, to me, those are uh, the more disappointing. I, I also don't care about prophecy in the context of the show. So like the prince that was promised or the John's lineage stuff, I wasn't really looking for it. So it doesn't disappoint me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think Jamie's arc this season and how he ultimately just landed right back where he started uh, is a very big disappointment for me. Um, the fact that he did not go down there and was the one to uh, kill Cersei, because you could have had it where he does kill Cersei, and Daenerys still does what she does. Um, so there could have been a, a lot of different ways to to play this, but having them two end up in each other's arms uh, as rocks fall on them, as David said, um, I think it's definitely in my top three. (laughs) (laughs) I'll Uh, I'll go ahead and just, and vote for uh, John's lineage just because I feel like it's the one thing that started from pretty much like that story was being told from the first episode and kind of like it was supposed to mean something like he, like him being a Targaryen and him also being a Stark and just like the whole, you know, every theory that uh, people were coming up with 
leading up to it. It just should have, it should have been, it feels like it should have been a lot more and it should have been, it should have paid off to um, just be more satisfying. Yeah. 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 So you have three different answers there. So yeah. good luck. I'm going to, I'm sorry, David, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I, I will, because we've got to pick one, I will go with John's lineage as well. Yeah. Um, so first off, I just want to say that like, uh, you know, Hunter, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, first of all, this is the first time we've mentioned Cersei on this show. Yeah. I think she's a two time SRME MVP winner. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we're mentioning her in season. Eight. She was hardly in the, in the season. She so was she hardly present. Out, yeah. She just stared outside of like her window and just watch it burn yeah her the most she was in the show was in the final episode uh and it was her fleeing for her life yeah so like you want to talk about a um an ignoble way for somebody to go out i mean uh you know cersei you know lena hetty the actress that played her like was doing a lot of heavy lifting for a lot of seasons Mm mm-hmm um, so for, for this to be her final season, uh, like that does feel, uh, yucky in terms of John's lineage. Like I, I, I am inclined to, uh, like this whole show is like, kind of like their whole thing was like, Oh, we're, we're going like, we're reversing on like prophecy and stuff like that. But at the same time, they also do follow through with a lot of prophecies and they do make them. Um, meaningful and while I didn't need like you know I don't know what I needed from John being a Targaryen but it felt like the only thing that happened was it started the rumor mill going and frankly it was a rumor mill that was going to start going anyway because uh, you've got this like guy who is the son of Ned Stark who is like the naturalized king of Winterfell um, who everybody likes. Um, so like it, it felt like the way that they used his lineage to just be that, like some people felt that it made him more legitimate, like wasn't actually that huge of a factor um, in what they needed him to do. Um, so uh yeah, I gotta say that, like, from a from an eight season standpoint, um, the story of who John is mattering turned out to be something that mattered only to us and not at all to the world, uh, and that felt like felt like why do we care about it now? Yeah, all of that is to say, there were too many strong nominees for this category. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Jon Snow, your parents are the biggest disappointment in <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, so that's the SR Emmys. Um, yeah, you know, uh, last. Yeah. Um, listen. Um, again, this this uh, this show has been made um, during the the coronavirus pandemic, and we're we're um, just to give you an idea of how um, how disinterested we were in talking about Game of Thrones. 
we've all been confined to our houses for five weeks at this point. And this was the first time uh, that we, we have only now just reached the point where we're willing to talk about game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, David, um, for, uh, for leading us through that um, mess. Uh, we will have to get together uh, to properly close out the series with a series SRMEs. Uh, so, oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. We have to do it for the entire series. Five, not narrow it down to like five nominees per category and limit the number of categories that we have. Um, but it's, it has to happen. And we will, if and when that book comes out, we will have to do some potting around the winds of winter. Uh, and of course, the uh, what's the name of the house? House of Targaryen uh, spinoff that they're working on uh, that comes out in 2021 or early 2022, something like that. Uh, so we're not completely gone, but we can be forgotten for a while, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's that's all I got. To, that's all I have to say about that. Anybody um, else have anything they want to say? Look, if Plugs? the new book comes out, I'd love nothing more. I'd love nothing more than to get on a podcast and talk about it. Um, but as David would say, he's got no pages. <laughs> Stolen from Marchman, of course. Yeah. He's got no pages. That's them. Yeah. Uh, anybody in anything that they want to shout out real quick? I'm in my house. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. In Bel Air. Yep. The background suggests. Yep. Yeah. All right. Over there. Will. social media is anything. Uh, at M J E A N I O U S. Okay. That's it on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll do mine at Dave La soul. One word, Dave. No, actually it's David. It's <laughs> David La soul. Wonderful. Yeah, mine's just, mine's just my name. Hunter Steffes. All right. You figure out how to spell it. I'm not going to do it for you. All righty. Uh, they will be in the episode notes of this podcast. Uh, so you can just check that out. Uh, thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Marcelli. Thank you, David. Thank you, those people thank you, Mike. that. Sure. Yes, thank, thank you. you thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you to the people that, <laughs> that pushed us to, to do this, uh, that really gave a shit, seemingly more of a shit than we did. Uh, <laughs> But it is uh, it was nice to kind of talk through everything. So I appreciate that. And thanks to anybody that is going to listen. Um, I would say rate and review. But at this point, just, just wash your hands uh, and stay safe and healthy. And we will see you at some point. Bye. Bye. Bye.